I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. For the 27th of July, it's a Tuesday. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with, drum roll, David Scott. Yeah, stepping in for Annette Beecher, who was going to come <laughs> in, but uh, now I'm just changing it up here. So yeah, yeah, I'm great to be back. Yeah, well, it's so good to see you, Scotty. Um, on a day that we saw the market finish at an all-time closing high, a record high, that was a pretty solid session right from the get-go, I got to say. Yeah, we can just go and get a tape recording now, press uh, press play and uh, rewind to the last couple of days and just uh, that's pretty much the story. It's uh, drifting high, uh, not rocketing high, but uh, yeah, nothing really looks like it's going to go in, uh, and really cause too much of an upset for this market for the time being. Not for the time being and that is a lot of enthusiasm as we head into earnings season here. Commodity prices lifting the material space overall. That was the biggest contributor to the gains that we saw today. I mean... BHP up by 2.6%, Rio 1.5%, Fortescue almost that much, and it's quarterly reporting season, so the best performer on the 200 was, do you know? It was uh, Timberland Webster. It was Oz Minerals. Was it? Yeah. Yep. Um, so Oz Minerals, the best performer on the 200, and it was up by close to, just get it in front of, oh my gosh, you're right. Ding, it ding, was, ding, ding. you were on air after me, in fairness. Let's Temple go. Temple and Webster beat out Oz Minerals and Blue Scope Steel. Claudia, make sure you get a stimulus for that. Uh, you're right. The first time for everything. <laughs> All right. Then this is going to get me to just, you know, get to stock of the day right away. Shall I, Scotty, before I forget to do it a little bit later on? You're stock right. Stock of the day was Temple and Webster. Let's listen in to what Kashi and his expert guests had to say about this one. Obviously a great update, so um, becoming a market leader now, uh, Templar Webster, so that's that's the great thing for the company. The only issue here is the price you're going to pay for it, so when you get good stocks, they're, uh, they're not really cheap all the time, so I think if you, if you look at those numbers there and factor in roughly, what, 16, 17 cents earnings per share, you're getting up around 65, 70 times earnings, so um, I see most uh, analysts are looking at next year the earnings being um, lower than, than this year. Great business, just not not a great price here at the moment. One thing that really concerned me looking at their two announcements, their presentation and their announcement, is it didn't actually tell us what profit they made. It said what EBITDA they made. Then I burrowed through and looked further and I eventually found EBIT. But shareholders don't share in revenue. They don't share in EBITDA and they don't share in EBIT. They share in profits after tax. So it looks very promising, but as Gary pointed out too, it's also extremely expensive uh, on a P of over 60. If it was on a P of six and we had a concern about uh, uh, that they weren't focused enough on profits, we could probably live with it. But on a P of 60, um, you look at it and you say, I'll rather wait another year 
let's see if they start understanding their focus on profits a bit better. And then I'll also have four years worth of history. I'll be able to judge management better and then I can make a decision. So that was Gary Glover from Novus Capital and Howard Coleman from Team Invest. They both come at investing from very different points of view, very different investment thesis when they're looking at a company, but both agree that it is a good business, great business, in fact, in Gary's words, but just not a great price at the moment. Howard agrees. So it is not going in the portfolio. Scotty, listen, this is sort of first cab out of the ranks this reporting season of those companies that saw a huge uptick in demand for their services and products through the pandemic. It's in the e-commerce space, obviously. And so a pretty interesting litmus test because, of course, you know, we've we've been talking for months and months whether we've hit peak peak earnings for some of these companies. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be much tougher uh, cycling out those really, really strong comparisons from a year earlier, of course, when most of the country is in lockdown. Uh, it just comes down to whether the, the, the momentum that's been built over the past 12 months can go and sustain and change that uh, growth trajectory and both when it comes to revenue and hopefully profitability over time, longer term. And there's still a lot of question marks out there at the moment. Uh, of course, we know that you know, companies like Templar Webster as well are going to be very, very exposed to high material costs. So that's another one to go keep an eye on for those e-commerce names out there. Inventory is another one, of course. Like Just-in-time inventory at the moment is, uh, is near impossible mm. given supply chain disruptions. That being said, I mean, so far, if we look at JB Hi-Fi's update that came last week, uh, Australians still in the spending mood. We're still in the spending mood, at least. I mean, most are talking about a pretty good start to, uh, you know, the new quarter. But uh, it's worthwhile just, again, noting COVID. And we saw that consumer confidence read from the ANZ coming through and people not feeling so crash hot about their current financial conditions yeah that just feeds back into like expectations for lots more stimmy and you know, very accommodative settings from the reserve bank of australia i talk about bond yields all the time i know i probably bang on about them too much but that's another big factor as well that's helping to juice the valuations of these companies built on the premise of the cash flow increase that we'll see in the years ahead um you've got to go and think about whether it's going to be sustainable where bond yields are at the moment some people think it is some people think it's not well, Oz Minerals, I mean, I thought it was going to win the day. It did not in the end, but stellar performance coming through. Second quarter, copper and gold output came in strong. In fact, it was ahead of Macquarie's expectations. Uh, it was a pretty strong beat on that front, and it really did offset higher all-in sustaining costs with that higher production. Revenue came in strong, cash flow was really good. So everything was all systems go for Oz Minerals. Uh, look, I had a chat with Peter O'Connor from Sean Partners today. He has loved Oz Minerals for a long time. Back when it was Minotaur Resources? I, I don't know if it's that long, but it was back from about 2015 when it was trading at about $3 per share. He still has a buy recommendation on the company, but he did say it's a bit exy. So... Uh, in that chat, I said, well, okay, Peter, I mean, we meandered a bit. We went to Fortescue and a few other places, but said, if, if, if Oz Minerals is a bit expensive, what's a company that, you know, shareholders can buy today in the copper space that perhaps is uh, looking better value? And he gave it to me. Don't give it away, Scuddy. Don't give it away. There's not that many of them. <laughs> there's, 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 look. Yeah, I'm not going to help. I know. Anyways, but uh, click on the show link to learn about Peter's underloved copper pick. Um, look, we've also got a... Um, With a new mine on the way. 
<laughs> I'm trying to guess there's stuff in the dog. Yeah, we were talking off air. All right, Junbei Lu joined us, and uh, she weighs in on e-commerce. I should have done a segue there. She's given us a reporting season watch list. Uh, Junbei Lu knows the consumer space, knows the retail space in particular really, really well. Um, and then we've got a few Olympic-sized winners coming from David Lane from Ord Minette. Have you been watching the Olympics? A gold medal in women's backstroke today. I love watching the swimming. Yeah, I love it when those friends are winning gold and uh, doing us proud and uh, they're, they're soaking up the pressure and uh, performing under pressure, which is really impressive comparison to what we're seeing to some of the previous Olympics. So, uh, so well done to all the Olympians out there. And uh, even though you haven't won a medal or performed as much as you'd like to, it's, uh, it's been great to go and see you representing us on the global stage. You're all winners in our eyes. You'll get used to saying that when your your baby gets a little bit older, there, Scotty. Oh, um, there's going to be there's going to be there's going to be no like no participation within my house. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, um, let's get to what happens tonight. So, uh, what happens tonight is we get the U.S. Fed beginning their two day meeting. I mean, two days, that's a lot to chew over when you kind of know that they're just going to be, or my expectation is that they're just going to be softening their language in terms of taper. Yeah, it's, uh, people have looked at this meeting, no, uh, no projection materials released alongside it. It's kind of a bit meh. Oh, yeah, Delta variant. Well, it's not really impacting the stock market, is it? And uh, certainly there seems to be a lot of mobility taking part in the uh, United States as well. Uh, really interesting. I've got um, very strong views. In fact, uh, I've got something that's getting my blood boiling a little bit, so I'll probably go and write about it tomorrow, I guess, for the view. But uh, we'll see what the Fed comes out and says. But there's definitely an opportunity for uh, for Jerome Powell to go and uh, start uh, pushing back on some of this uh, mindset that tapering automatically equals uh, no rate hikes soon after. I dare say, though, that the big events tonight come from U.S. earnings season, Apple, Microsoft, Google, so Alphabet. Tiddlers. We get Visa, UPS, we get Starbucks, we get United Technologies. I mean, this is a big blockbuster day. And so far, earnings have been going really well. I had a chat with Todd Hoare from Crestone. He gave us some insights into what they're looking for in this U.S. reporting season. But beyond that, uh, they're positioning in terms of big tech and equities. And uh, look, they're overweight equities for all of the reasons that we talk about all the time, Scotty. You know, where else are you going to go? Tina. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the support of monetary and fiscal policy so far. But, you know, it's interesting to hear his thoughts on those, those big tech behemoths. But Visa is going to be an interesting one as well. Yeah, and uh, um, lots of people uh, know shopping around the world, know particularly the e-commerce wing, and uh, know what can do from that space. It's going to be really interesting. Okay, so U.S. earnings season tonight. We'll see where that lands us tomorrow morning. Fed Reserve meeting. I think it's worthwhile mentioning that we are still seeing a lot of jitters in Chinese and Hong Kong markets and all the U.S. listed Chinese tech names. So that will be uh, something to watch through the overnight as well. Yeah. Had a good chat with McGunton Silva of uh, India Avenue and uh, you know, having a bit of a you know, discussion about uh, you know, what happens in that Indian space and can it capitalize on the, uh, the what's going on in China because they are, relatively speaking, similar uh, economies in terms of size uh, when it comes to at least the number of population, I should say. And so the other uh, benefits that, uh, know, that come from that. So interesting. Okay. Consumer confidence numbers out in the United States. We've got uh, futures, at least at this stage when we're recording this podcast, 
pointing to a little bit of caution for the European Open and U.S. markets as well. So we will see. We shall see. see. Record highs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Scotty, we'll pick up the conversation tomorrow when we get inflation here in Australia. Is that going to keep you up at night? Absolutely not. We'll get Annette in here for the podcast tomorrow, and she'll be doing a deep dive into the inflation outcome for the quarter and whether or not we should still care. I mean, it's so backward looking, and things have so fundamentally changed in Australia over the past month. Yeah, we do care. And uh, I'll give you a bit of a sneak peek. Uh, we're having a chat outside today. And uh, one thing where uh, we found it baffling is that uh, you can go and say that because of Home Builder uh, being a subsidy, that it means that there are no price pressures in the home uh, building material sector a week. It's like oh, anyone who's uh, been to Bunnings and tried to go and buy anything that's related to the home at the moment, if you're not getting subsidised, you are paying a lot more than a year earlier. So that's one of the things we'll be discussing. Okay, worst performer on the 200 today. Crown down by 5%. We'll pick it all up tomorrow. See you, Scotty. See ya. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.